and welcome to BiblioChat. I'm your host, Forrest Robut. On this episode, I would like to discuss Walter Scott's Ivanhoe, which was a novel written in 1819. And like J.R.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings, it's a reconstruction of a medieval past. And Ivanhoe is set in medieval England a few decades after the Battle of Hastings, which was a very important period in English medieval history where William the Conqueror successfully invaded England and conquered the English Anglo-Saxons in 1066. And the book explores the relationship between the Normans and the Anglo-Saxons. And next episode, we're going to focus on how this relationship between the victorious Normans over the vanquished Anglo-Saxons can be understood as a colonial relationship. But this episode, I just want to contextualize the book its characters, and the language Walter Scott uses to really set this stage of, a, of this nostalgic medieval past. All coming up on this episode. So the first chapter of the book, Walter Scott sets the stage of this medieval past. And the imagery kind of reminds me of the Shire in Lord of the Rings. And both you know, it's very idealistic and, and nostalgic. In that pleasant district of Merry England, which is watered by the River Don, there extended in ancient times a large forest, covering the greater parts of the beautiful hills and valleys which lie between Sheffield and the pleasant town of Doncaster. And then later he goes on to describe the Norman invasion. The power of this land had been placed in the hands of the Norman nobility, by the events of the Battle of Hastings, and it had been used, as our histories assure us, with no moderate hand. And the colonialist interpretation of the book emerges in how Scott describes the relationship between the suppressive Norman conquerors and the vanquished Anglo-Saxons. At court and in the castles of the great nobles, where the pomp and state of a court was emulated, Norman French was the only language employed. In courts of law, the pleadings and judgments were delivered in the same tongue. In short, French was the language of honor, chivalry, and even of justice, while the far more manly and expressive Anglo-Saxon was abandoned to the use of rustics and hinds who knew no other. So as we spoke about last episode, language is very important in the colonizer-colonized relationship, and the same concept is reflected here. French is the language of court, of everything polished, and of importance, whereas the natural language of the land, English, became marginalized, similar to that Miranda-Caliban exchange from last week. And there's two characters who reflect the behaviors of the colonizer and the colonized. There's Prince John, who was the great-great-grandson of William the Conqueror, and he betrayed his brother, Richard I, to become king, while Richard I was on his crusades. Prince John is very abusive, he's very excessive in his ruling of the land, he's harsh among his English subjects, constantly degrades them. And then on the colonized side, there's Cedric the Saxon, who is very proud of his English lineage 
And this is how the book is very is very interesting in how it utilizes English custom to explore colonization. Just like ancestry is very important in English culture, Cedric the Saxon is very proud of his lineage. But this lineage is disregarded and ridiculed by the colonizer, the Normans, who regard the Anglo-Saxons as this brute and vile race. So next episode, we'll go into more detail about the book and look at some specific exchanges between Prince John and, and Cedric the Saxon and how a colonialist interpretation emerges throughout the novel. Thank you for listening.